Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Father, my prayer is that those you have given to me be with me where I am. What a remarkable statement. Do you understand that when a believer dies and goes to heaven, it is not only the fulfilling of the longing of the believer, but it is the fulfilling of the longing of Christ? It was Benjamin Franklin who said that tomorrow every wrong will be made right, but tomorrow never comes. 
Well, I got to say, Franklin was probably right if this world is all there is. Thankfully, if you're a Christian, something far better than this world is waiting for you after death. Heaven has none of the disappointments, the trials, best of all, none of the temptations of this life. So what does it have? What is there in heaven? How do you stay focused on your eternal home while you're still here on earth? John MacArthur is answering those questions in his current series on Grace to You Weekend. It's simply titled, Heaven. And now, with the lesson, here's John. Now, we've been learning why heaven is so attractive. We've been learning about the fact that it is gain to leave this world and go into the presence of the Lord. That eternal dwelling place where God lives and where He lives with all the redeemed of all the ages. A place where there is infinite perfection of body and soul. A place where there is a perfect environment of love and joy and peace and fulfillment and satisfaction. We have noted many wonderful truths about heaven. We come to the most glorious reality of heaven, that which surpasses everything else, and that is our relationship to God in heaven. And so we pose the next in our list of questions, what will be our relationship to God in heaven? And the Bible delineates several wonderful features. Let's jump right into it. Number one, in considering what our relationship to God will be in heaven, the first thing we can note is we will be with Him. We will be with Him. We can label that simply fellowship or communion, which is another way to say the same thing. This in itself is the supreme joy of heaven because God is the supreme being, the supreme occupant of heaven. Being with Him is the supreme joy. Fellowship with the Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look back a little bit in your thoughts to the reality of salvation, you remember that John defined salvation in 1 John chapter 1 as having fellowship. He said, we have fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. When a person becomes a believer, we enter into communion with God. His life becomes our life. We become so identified with Him that, as the psalmist said, the reproaches that fall on Him are fallen on us. We become so identified with Him that His will is our will. His purpose is our purpose. His desire is our desire. His objective is our objective. Even if hindered by sin, nonetheless, at the deepest part of our being, regenerated souls are in union with the living God and fellowship with the living Christ. So salvation brought us into communion. We can talk with God. We can commune with Him. We pray to Him. We hear Him speak in the Word. He moves in those silent ways in our lives by providence to reveal Himself. We are living in real spiritual communion with God. But, in a sense, that communion is hindered. It is not the fullness of communion. When we go to heaven, on the other hand, we will enter into full fellowship with God, into unhindered fellowship with God, a fellowship more imagine, uh, more wonderful, I should say, than anything we can imagine. Let's just touch base with some of the Scriptures that indicate that to us. We can start back in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 17. And we find in that chapter our Lord, of course, praying to the Father and asking that He would be returned to the glory that He had before the world began, having anticipated the consummation of His earthly work, He was ready to go back to the Father. As He prays, 
He prays on behalf of those who are his own in the world. And in verse 24, particularly, he says, Father, I desire that they also, they referring to believers in this age and all who believe in Christ, I desire that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. And stop at that point. That is the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an amazing thing to me, that it is Christ's desire to have eternal fellowship with us. He says, Father, my prayer is that those who believe in me be with me where I am. What a remarkable statement. I mean, we often think about how much we long to be with Christ, but do you understand how much Christ longed to be with us? Do you understand that when a believer dies and goes to heaven, it is not only the fulfilling of the longing of the believer, but it is the fulfilling of the longing of Christ? That's a remarkable thought. It's one thing that I should want to be with him. It's quite something else that he should want to be with me. And he tells why in verse 24. In order that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. Father, I want them to see my glory. I want them to see me in the fullness of my manifest reality. I want them to see the majesty of my unveiled deity. And so the Lord Jesus Christ longs for us to be in heaven. He prayed that to the Father, that we would be with him where I am, he says. The little phrase with him intrigues me. It doesn't just say that we will see Him. It says that we will be with Him. He longs not for us to be spectators, but for us to be participants. Not for us to be watchers, but for us to be communers with Him. What a prayer. Now let's look at John 14, backing up in John's Gospel. Another scripture that gives us insight into this. Verse 1 of chapter 14 let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And why does he say that? Because their hearts were troubled over the thought of Jesus leaving them. So he says, stop letting your hearts be troubled. You don't need to be anxious about my going away. You believe in God, then believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. A place where? In my Father's what? House. You will be with me. You will be with me in my Father's house. You will be with me and you will be with my Father. Everybody in heaven is in the Father's house. There aren't many houses in heaven. There is one house, the dwelling place of God, and God in His infinity fills all of the infinite eternal heaven with His immediate presence. So He says, in my Father's house are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. Then verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to, here's the key word, myself. Why don't you underline that in your Bible? I will receive you to myself. Can I put it simply? We're not going to a place. We're going to a person. Did you get that? We're going into fellowship with God. We're going into fellowship with Christ. We're not going to a place from which you can get to God. We're not going to a place from which you can get to Christ. We're going to a person, namely God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We will never be outside the presence of God or the presence of Christ. So he says, 
I will again come and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may what? Be also. Being with Christ. Being with God. That's the essence of heaven. So what will be our relationship to God? First of all, we'll be with Him. It will be paradise regained, only infinitely beyond anything Adam and Eve ever experienced in the garden. We will be with them. Unending fellowship. And since God is infinite glory and infinite beauty and infinite majesty and infinite holiness and infinite everything else, you will never get bored with being with God forever and ever and ever because you will continually be experiencing the unfolding of the realities of His infinite glory. The same with Christ. Let's look at Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation 21, we read about the new heaven and the new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away. There's no longer any sea. Nothing to divide, nothing to be afraid of. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Here's the capital city of heaven. This isn't all there is of heaven. This is just the major city. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, here it comes, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. Twice he says, among them, among them. Talk about intimate presence. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. God himself pitches his tent among men. The tabernacle of God is among men. He shall dwell among them. God himself shall be among them. That's the glory of heaven. Believers will be in the eternal, immediate presence of God himself. Intimate communion with God, intimate communion with Christ. What an unbelievable thing. Fellowship. Let me give you a second thought. First one, we'll be with Him. Second one, we'll see Him. Are you ready for this? We will have direct sight of the Lord. We will see the Lord. You say, wait a minute. Exodus 33, no man can see the Lord and live. The New Testament, John 1, 18, 1 John 4, 12, it says, No man has seen God at any time. 1 Peter 1, 8, we love the one we have not seen. God is not seen. He is the one who possesses immortality, dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. You say, if nobody has seen God and nobody can see God, how are we going to be able to see God? We're going to have to be different than we are now. Exodus chapter 33, Moses got a little glimpse of God. You remember in Exodus 33, he said, show me your glory. God said, I can't show you my full glory, but I'll let you see a little of my back parts. Tucked him in a cave, and God moved by and put a veil over his eyes, and he could see a little bit of the glow of God. Now, it's true, God is inaccessible to mortal man. He is too holy, listen to this, he is too holy, too pure, and too spotless to look on iniquity, and he is too holy, too pure, and too spotless to have iniquitous man look on him. So as long as we're in our sin, we can't see God. And I don't believe that even when we're in heaven, we'll see God in his infinity, because I don't believe we have that capacity, or we would be God even in our glorified state. But we will see God in a way we will not be able to see him here and now. We can only see a glimpse, like the disciples who saw Jesus pull back the veil of his flesh at the transfiguration, and he was light before them. They saw the back parts again. They saw a little of the glow, but not the full blazing of God's presence. To endure that, you'd have to be a totally transformed person. 
all sin removed. And I do believe that when we go to glory in the perfection of body and soul, we'll have a greater capacity to see the revelation of God. You say, well, how do you know we're going to see Him? Let's look at a couple of scriptures just very briefly. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall apsanta, see God. They shall be seeing God for themselves, a future continuous reality. In the oriental courts of ancient times, the kings were secluded, and it was a rare privilege for anyone to have an audience with the king, let alone to see the king of kings all the time continuously. You remember in Exodus 33, it said, you can see my back parts. God said to Moses, you can see my back parts. Compare that with Revelation 22.3. And there shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His bondservants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face. And the next verse, the Lord God shall illumine them. God turns on the light of His glory, and we will see with our perfect eyes in that perfect body the blazing glory of God revealed in light. So I believe we'll see God. I believe we'll see His blazing light. You can't see a spirit, but when God reveals Himself, He reveals Himself in light. But secondly, I also believe we will see with the eye of the mind. That is to say, we will comprehend God. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, very important verse in this kind of consideration. You know the verse. It says this, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have fully known. He says, we see dimly, we'll see clearly. We know in part, we'll know in fullness. We will see, I believe, with a glorified and perfected eye, the revelation of God in light, and we will know about God. We will have an instantaneous awareness and sense and knowledge of the fullness of God as much as we have capacity for so when it says, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God, they shall see God with the glorified eye, and they shall see God with the glorified mind and soul as well. And what about Christ? We'll see Him too. 1 John 3, 1 and 2, it says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. They, they can't understand, comprehend us. They don't know who we really are any more than they understood who He was. Beloved, now we are the children of God. That's true, present tense. But it has not yet appeared what we shall be. We are now children of God, but you haven't seen anything yet. We know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall what? See Him just as He is. When we see Christ, when we see blazing light revealing God, we'll be overwhelmed and eternally awed by what we see. But when in our minds we understand that glory and comprehend that glory, we will be ravished with delight and spend forever and ever being exposed to the reality of that glory. Let me close with a verse that I want you to turn to. It's in the Psalms, and it's Psalm 17. And just a simple verse, verse 15, as for me, says the psalmist, as for me, I shall behold thy face in righteousness. That's his hope for eternal life. If he was not in righteousness, he would not see his face and live. I will see your face in righteousness. And then this, I will be satisfied with thy likeness. 
when I awake. Can I just grab that one thought? I will be satisfied when I awake in thy likeness. The author I says I like it better that way. I will be satisfied when I awake in thy likeness. Can I ask you a question? What satisfies you? What really satisfies you? New clothes? New job? Promotion? New house? New car? What really satisfies you? Great meal? Fun time? A vacation? The psalmist said, I'll be satisfied when I see your face and I'm like you. Is that your ultimate satisfaction? Should be. To know God, to see his blazing glory, to know Christ, to see him, to be like him, to gaze on him, to know him. Heaven will provide for us that sight of God and the Lamb, an undiminished, unwearied sight. Since God is infinite and Christ is infinite, they are infinite glory and beauty, and there will be infinite facets of that infinite glory and beauty to bring us infinite and eternal delight. Is it any wonder then that Peter wanted to stay on the Mount of Transfiguration and make a house and live there? Fanny Crosby put it this way, When my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side, and His smile will be the first to welcome me. Through the gates to the city in a robe of spotless white, He will lead me where no tears shall ever fall. In the glad song of ages I shall mingle with delight, but I long to meet my Savior first of all. I long to meet my Savior first of all. She was blind, you know, and the first person she ever saw was Jesus Christ. What will be our relationship to the Lord in heaven? We'll be with him and we'll see him. I hope that's your ultimate satisfaction. That's Grace to You Weekend with John MacArthur. Thanks for tuning in today. John's current study is one of his most popular. It's titled Heaven. Now, John, I want to go back to something really important that you said today. You urged believers to set their minds and their desires on things above, not on this earth. And in fact, that is a biblical command. But what's less clear is how do we do that? How do we keep ourselves heavenly minded and avoid the many distractions that clutter our time and our thoughts? John, I know you have some practical wisdom for people in that situation, distracted listeners who want to be more heavenly minded. Yeah, it's a it's a very foundational question. Um, it's not some kind of mystic experience, not some kind of esoteric experience. It's not some kind of transcendental meditation experience. It's simply thinking God's thoughts, thinking about God, thinking about Christ, thinking about the Holy Spirit, thinking about the truth of Scripture, thinking about the gospel, thinking about all the heavenly blessings that are ours in Christ. It's living a Christ-centered life in every sense. When you set your affections on things above, you're really saying, essentially, love God, love Christ, love the things that belong to the kingdom of heaven. So uh, I I think it's objective rather than subjective. I, I think it means that my mind is set on things of Scripture. Another way to see it would be the words of the Apostle Paul in Colossians, where he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Hmm. And it leads to teaching and admonishing, and it leads to singing songs and praise and worship. 
it's being preoccupied with eternal things. You kind of have to go against the drift of our culture to do that, yeah. too, because advertising and uh, media, you just drive down the street, the billboards are trying to get you to do the opposite. Yeah, and you know, the the sad reality of that, Phil, and, and you see it as well as I do, is that the church is not heavenly-minded. Hmm. The church is not heavenly-minded. The church is so absorbed in the culture. It's it's trying to adapt to the culture. It's trying to look and feel like the world rather than like heaven. If your pastor and the the church that you're a part of isn't preoccupied with eternal things, but it's caught up in political things and social issues and all of that, it betrays an immaturity, really a profound spiritual immaturity that they can't rise above the captive world that they're in. And I, I think that is maybe the telltale sign of the immaturity of evangelicalism today is is completely absorbed with earthly issues rather than heavenly ones. The only way to get to the heavenly ones is to stay in the Word of God. That's where heaven is revealed. Yeah, that is so true and so simple. Thanks for that answer, John. Now, turning the corner a bit, I have a suggestion for those of you listening right now. Get the MacArthur Study Bible. It's a great study tool for anyone. It can certainly help you focus on eternal truths. It has 25,000 footnotes, cross-references, and many, many more tools that will help you know and apply Scripture. So order your copy today. Call our toll-free number, 800-55-GRACE, or go to our website, gty.org. The MacArthur Study Bible comes in a variety of translation versions, eight languages, and various cover styles, and it's reasonably priced in softcover, hardcover, or leather. Shipping is free. And again, to order one or more copies, call us at 800-55-GRACE, or better yet, go online to gty.org. Also remember that at gty.org, there are thousands of free Bible study tools. That includes all of John's sermons, 3,500 of them total. You can download them right now in MP3 format. You can also read four daily devotionals written by John. You can watch videos, comment on the blog, find out where Grace to You television is available in your area. All of that is at the website gty.org. Now for John MacArthur, I'm Phil Johnson. Thanks for making this broadcast part of your day. And make sure you're here a week from now. John's going to begin a series on how you can resist temptation and stand firm in your faith. The study is an in-depth look at the believer's armor. Join us as we continue celebrating 50 years of unleashing God's truth one verse at a time on Grace to You.
Is abortion a woman's right? This is Ken Ham, CEO of the Noah's Ark Attraction, Ark Encounter, south of Cincinnati. Today is Women's Equality Day in America. Now, in the past, women's equality usually referred to equal pay, opportunities, and voting rights. But now it's often just a euphemism for abortion. But is abortion on demand a woman's right? Well, half of abortion victims are baby girls. What about their rights? Why don't they deserve equal protection? You see, abortion ends a human life. No woman has the right to kill a child. We wouldn't say it's a woman's right to kill her toddler for any reason. So why say it's okay if the child is unborn? Women's equality doesn't and shouldn't include the supposed right to kill their unborn children. Plan your visit to the full-size Noah's Ark at the Ark Encounter at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again or view a complete transcript at AnswersRadio.com. Beyond anti-death, 
This is Ken Ham, author of the book A Millions of Years and Church Compromise in Six Days. If you're a Christian, I hope you're anti-death and stand boldly against abortion. But I really hope you're more than that. I hope you're truly pro-life. You see, being pro-life means more than just opposing abortion, as we should. We should also be supporting moms and dads and caring for orphans. This might look different for every Christian, but we should all be doing our part to care for orphans and widows, as the Apostle James put it. God hates hands that shed innocent blood. He hates abortion, and we should too. But God loves people and calls us to care for those in need. Discover more when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you go to AnswersRadio.com.
pure and undefiled religion. This is Ken Ham inviting your family to visit our massive Noah's Ark in northern Kentucky. In the New Testament, James writes, Religion that is pure and undefiled is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. You know, the early church took this definition seriously. They became well known for caring for orphans. They rescued babies who were left outside to die and raised them as family members. Roman citizens mocked them because orphans were usually just left to die or were raised as slaves. But the church recognized that God calls us to love and care for all those he's made in his image, all humans. So the early church loved and cared for orphans. God's word hasn't changed. We need to be pro-life beyond just standing against abortion. Listen to this program again or view a complete transcript when you visit AnswersRadio.com and plan your visit to the Ark Encounter when you go to AnswersRadio.com.
using our words. This is Ken Ham, author, speaker, and blogger on science and the Bible's reliability. This week, we're looking at being pro-life beyond just standing against abortion. And one way is through our choice of words. Have you said any of these things? She's an expectant mum. Now, a pregnant woman isn't in the process of becoming a mum. She is a mum because life begins at the moment of fertilization. And this one, we don't care if the baby's a boy or a girl as long as it's healthy. Of course, we all want healthy babies. But is a baby with a disability any less welcome than a healthy baby? Not if we're truly pro-life. Now, this isn't about being politically correct, but our words do have power. They can influence beliefs. We should use words that are pro-life. Get answers to your questions about science and the Bible when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again or others like it at AnswersRadio.com.
Why does life have value? This is Ken Ham, inviting you to have an encounter with God's Word at the Ark Encounter. When parents find out their unborn child has a disability, they're often told to have an abortion. Now, sadly, many follow this deadly advice. But those who are pro-life fight against this practice, often by pointing to the fulfilling lives that many people with disabilities can lead. What's wrong with this approach? Well, it's true many people with disabilities lead fulfilling lives and bring joy to others, and we should point that out. But that isn't what gives human life value. Ultimately, we have value for one reason. We're created in the image of God. And we should always go back to that. Every human life has unique value because we are image bearers of our Creator. Subscribe to receive daily email insights delivered to your email inbox when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again at AnswersRadio.com. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
ever apply to anything. Patriarchy is at its most potent when oppression doesn't feel like oppression. Because we've been so... Tony, by the way, um, I don't know if you realize this. I know I sent the memo to Joey. Next Thursday, we're having our covert meeting. All men everywhere getting together. Don't tell Robin. Don't tell Carla. We're going to be meeting to continue our dominance and oppression over women. We don't. <laughs> you do creepy well. We don't, we don't want them to know this is the highest form of oppression. Should it be the lowest form? Nevertheless, when it's packaged in terms of biology, religion, uh-oh, or basic social needs like security, comfort, acceptance, and success. Heterosexuality offers women all these things as selling points to their consensual subjection. <laughs> you laugh. The stupid is strong with this one. Okay, this, this, but this is this is now the thinking on campus. This is what what people are being indoctrinated with. We aren't being we aren't. By the way, our culture, what we're seeing now, this is not first generation. This is more like third, fourth, fifth generation of indoctrination on university campuses where the intellectual intelligentsia have indoctrinated enough people that this type of thing can actually be written in NBC News and not mocked on its face. Historically, women have been conditioned to believe that you've been conditioned, ladies, that Henry, it's not that you like men as as your primary companion, you've been conditioned to believe that you like like men, men, but you don't. You think it's natural or innate. It's not. Wait a second here. Weren't we told not that long ago that sexuality was innate? Where were we? Were we told that you were born that way? Well, I guess we don't need that line anymore. So the fluidity of our understanding of fluid sexuality apparently has just changed. Just as they've been conditioned to believe that their main purpose is to make babies, and if they fail to do so, they're condemned as not real or as bad women. Um, Seems to me you can take religion out of it, and nature has settled the case. Women are made to make babies because they're made to make babies. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what intimacy points toward. That's, that's the result of it. That's its purpose. Even a pagan should be able to get that, but they don't want that. They're going to suppress that so that they can live any way that they want to. And now apparently they want to promote lesbianism for women who have been deceived into thinking they've been heterosexual all these years. What a world. This is Wretched Radio. If you'd like more Wretched content, and you visit Wretched.org, and you will have a Wretched coming out of your nose. And that's biblical. Seeking the devil's wine taste In my case, I was just on a blind track 
chase, a mind waste, trapped in my ass and mind ways. But Christ raised himself, entered into time space, divine breaks, so the branches could find grace. When light's rays hit the soul, the paradigm shakes, sublime race, run it at predefined pace. Now me and Jesus are closer than intertwined lace, and by faith we behold his divine face. So as we're lifting up our praise to you, receive it, Lord. The object of our affection, whom we adore, falling in our misery. You daughter into history, the pardon of iniquity, startling the mystery. The oceans, the plains, mountains, the rains, the universe proclaims the glory of your name. And what am I that you called me to your side? And took this heart of stone and broke it open wide Yo, they said it was over, man. They said it was over. But it ain't over. We just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up, stand up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, stand up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? Surprise, no surprise, I'm back in your section with Jesus, his death, burial, 
and resurrection More power than gravity His knowledge and strategies confound the academy Bow to his majesty He paid sin's salary Took our blame on Calvary Those who love his name spread his fame is the policy All eyes on the mattress price of his sacrifice Let's prize our master Christ and rise in the afterlife What, did we forget about the holiness of God or something? Did we forget that God owes us a ride or something? See the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes who hate truth The gospel is not fake news Our debt is sin, the gospel sweeter than it's ever been Ain't nothing changed, let us sin, we got the medicine It's still human emergency, the serpent attack You think Jesus can't save? That's alternative facts Stand up, hands up If you truly love the Son of Man Trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, hands up Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust, Jesus is the King So his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land What's up? Stop and listen to my composition Lots of rhythm but not traditional, kinda different But God's consistent, no contradiction, my proposition Through crucifixion, he mocked and crippled his opposition It's not some fiction, I'm spitting, the son of God is risen And my incentive for godly living is I'm forgiven Jesus came to unlock the prison And through the spirit, he brings a new birth like an obstetrician At times I listen, a lot of Christian hip-hop is missing The proper vision, it's my suspicion, we drop the mission Not to this, but the word of God, is it not sufficient? The doctrine is that the gospel fixes is our shot condition. God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction. Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens. A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission. Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Jesus in the background like elevator music But we gon' celebrate and relegate them, we refuse it They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself What I gotta say almost feels too real estate Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate If the Father wasn't gracious, no sin in them Again. He came straight blameless, no sin in them Again. Nothing's been the same since, no sin in them Again. Fakers lack his fragrance, no sin in them This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus Nah, we serve the rock, the harder than still Jesus So how we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus Stand up, hands up If you truly love the Son of Man Trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, hands up Does anybody love the Son of Man? is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up?
like deja vu, right? Hey, yo, I'm back, but nobody was asking where I've been Cause Christ in the music is no longer the hot trend Logic says, well, maybe I should just stop then But I never got into this for a spot in the top ten I do this for one reason Jesus, the true king, son To help God's elect obey Hebrews 3.1 And though the rap world is ever crowded If heaven allows it, I'll keep writing for the 7,000 I know you out there, I still get the emails Against the church of Christ, the gates of hell will never prevail It's founded on the rock, and the gospel never stops So we dropping the topic, whether is popular or not Sin is not just toxic And the clock is going to stop God is not to be boxed With the wrath of God is burning hot We were locked in sin's closet Our conflict was cosmic God plotted to stop it Hit the demonic with a shot I was copping narcotics Agnostic with a plot No optics for the knowledge Of the God who often not Jesus rocked me with the gospel And it tied me up in knots So I hopped in a rocket And met the prophet at the top Yo That's just another way of saying I met God in the scriptures But we just going to let that breathe For a second, you know what I mean? The Bible says He was forgiven much loves much you want to talk about BC a little bit? My depravity was total, not small like pops. I was chained to sin, I couldn't take off the locks. I thought I was a player, a match with the flavor. Say, so yeah, I know what the time is, but I ain't read Isaiah. I would chuckle daily as I paid for disgrace. My eyes were always puffy like I got sprayed with mace. I would toot my horn at parties, and I would do bars. Got so intoxicated, I was ready to do Mars. Notorious for acting pretty silly in my city, Philly. Friends hear about it and be like, whoa, did he really? Because I played dirty, Bill Lynn. Beer style, through great mercy, spirit filled and dear child. Went from so gritty to headed to a gold city. In Christ I shine, the world's like no biggie. Whatever time to sing, I'm putting faith on the song. 112 displayed in John, the way to respond. When his patience runs out, then it's time for the rod, man. Microwave wrath of God, fam. That's why, because of Christ, I got mad joy. All I'm saying is, I used to be a bad boy. <laughs> But nowadays, I'm regenerated, born again from above, fam. How else can I say that? Went from various vices to a kid that's married to Christ, using literary devices to spit is very precise. My conversion to the master was so dramatic. I just wanted to be an ambassador or fanatic. The gospel was my tonic. With Christ, I couldn't lose. But to walk with God like Enoch, I knew I couldn't cruise. This walk is a beast, but nothing's greater than the cross. Saw the mark of the east and the raiders of the laws. While power records were choosing to carry G-Unit, I was on that revolutionary theme music. The brothers from the Lou held it down as well But we noticed a big shift in 2012 Around the time Jackie asked me about Calvinism Christian hip-hop found a different algorithm And crossed over without taking the crossover Made us all sober years later, is it all over? Trip asked me if I was still motivated I was quiet, but I wanted to say no, I hate it Cause brothers in your camp causing lots of confusion I love them as brothers in Christ, but not their conclusions They want to reach the world, by all means, keep pursuing it But tell me, why they got it? This the church while they doing it That's what I wanted to say But I ain't say it though But no more laying low I want them to play it slow And I ain't dissing them My prayers are the proof Like Boaz without Ruth Is unity without truth CHH is like gorillas in the mist With no brotherly love It's like Philly don't exist What's happening here? It's a different atmosphere Cats appear most concerned About a rap career Brothers overseas Being slain in the sand While we're vain in our plan Taking fame in some fans And I ain't got time to philosophize Satan got a plot Device. I'm seeing lots of guys apostatize. On top of all that, Donald Trump's the president. It's all good though, cause Jesus Trump's the president. So more than ever, I'm trying to rep the Lord who bled. And we ain't never gonna stop, word to Corey Red. I'm just trying to give a healthy demonstration of theocentric music for the selfie generation. See, the problem is sin, 
no riddle in it Cause all sin got I in the middle of it We're mad to praise and truly evil We need to be born again Without a Matt Damon movie sequel In the gospel God addresses our depravity The lamb slain at Calvary The depths of his agony He rose from the grave with the funding grace And when we come in faith He'll bring us up from the sunken place Our sins decrepit depths left the mess No rest was left till Jesus put death to death The beauty of the victory truly is a mystery The cross of Jesus Christ is at the nucleus of history Before the cross, they were saved on credit After the cross, we've been saved on debit Since our champion in the great war suffered We gon' proclaim his death like the Lord suffer So welcome to the Still Jesus Project Yo, we just getting started and we got a lot left Get social with Truth Be Told Radio. Check us out on our Facebook like page as Truth Be Told Radio. You can find our website at truthbetoldradio.com. That is T-R-U-T-H-B-E-T-O-L-D-R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M. Truthbetoldradio.com. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or want to tell us anything? Send those emails to truthbetoldradioshow at gmail.com. Remember, by sending us your email, you give us permission to read it on the air. So write us at truthbetoldradioshow at gmail.com. If you'd like to read blogs, we've got you covered. Check out ours at truthbetoldradio.blogspot.com. That's truthbetoldradio.blogspot.com. Also, follow us on Twitter as truth, the letter B, then told radio. That is T-R-U-T-H-B. T-O-L-D-R-A-D-I-O. Once again, that is truth, the letter B only, not B-E, told radio. This is due to the restraints for Twitter's username link. Finally, to learn the testimony of Melissa Canchoa, the hostess of Truth Be Told Radio, see smilesandstuff.com. That's S-M-I-L-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-U-F-F dot C-O-M smilesandstuff.com So stay social with us and thanks for listening to Truth Be Told Radio. Let me start this off with a hallelujah to Jesus, the sovereign ruler. This is not a rumor. God, the truth, so we about to school you. Check out a style maneuver. Shout it to you like the loudest group. But Christ put us up from out the sewer. We don't have to doubt the future. Crashing our verses as we bask in his worship. You asking the purpose, partly to fetch cash from the furnace. Through Jesus' extravagant service, immaculate purchase. He was smashing the serpent, and we only scratching the surface. He's the seed of what conceived in the womb of a virgin. The sun emerges in the manger while the angels serenade him. It's the birth of the Savior, the greater and Came a man, came as a lamb, and would be executed to execute the plan to substitute the sand. In the place of the wicked on the cross, he was lifted, but we considered him stricken and afflicted, just like the prophets predicted. He came at the proper moment to stop his opponent and lay down his life to offer atonement. He's the most magnificent, the total antithesis of insufficient, the blessed, the glorious, splendid, transcendent, difficult to comprehend, independent of space and time, but presently present, suspending the heavens with speech. From coast to coast, he speaks peace to wind and seas, got heavenly hosts easily posted on bended knees, controls the cosmos with the most authority, so we both in a most. Exalted King Christ Supreme. He's the sovereign thriller, the 
the awesome healer, the law fulfiller, the solemn killer, the fraud revealer, no God is realer, yeah. When you're taking your time in the scripture, what you get is a prominent picture. See his light shining bright in the night, and his fright in the might, and a diamond in the mixture. See his name at all the renown, though. When he came for the lost that he found, though. He was tamed and floss all around, but remained for the manger, the cross, or the crown. Yo, Satan had a strict hold on him. Fight for the rope, but open in. All to the eyes of the S to the E to the N, that's what we hoping in. Riffing on his spell check, the risen king can rinse clean the most rebellious. I was hell bound, now I'm spellbound. Word is born, I'm a bond servant to the word of life. Uh, call me a sellout, I was fought with a price. We gotta hope it won't fail us when we return to the dust. We will rise up just like the one who justified us It's not wishful thinking when the truth's sinking We are clinging to the promises that God bringing an everlasting kingdom Nothing can compare to the worth of what we inherited Nothing in heaven on earth can measure what Christ merited The skies declare the affairs of his glorious care The God who is there, who's aware, who delights in our prayer His purposes are permanent and perfectly proportionate Everything that orbits around his glory subordinate He is the most excellent one, intrinsic, infinite son Preeminent the name par excellence He's beyond phenomenon, you see, the father of cosmology, the abba of astronomy, he taught a we of pottery, it's shocking Jesus died for me, the father, he adopted me and constantly provides for me, whether or not I got degrees, you gotta see his odyssey, from sovereignty and lottery, to poverty and robbery, to resurrected bodily, apocalyptic prophecy, he's stopping all the mockery and scholarly snobbery that don't acknowledge him properly. You ought to be on bended knee before the preeminent, it's awfully arrogant to reject him to your detriment, study the development. From Old to New Testament, you'll find a theme that's prevalent from age to age, it's relevant. Crisis on its center stage, forget religious sentiments that center on man. But something less is what you're settling. He is the most excellent, exercising benevolence and blessing a remnant with the benefits of his inheritance. Yeah. The sin of sinners that separated and segregated, that severed the relations between man and his maker, and placed Christ on his costly cross and compensated his life, death, and resurrection, emancipated and gave us freedom from it all, freedom from the effects of the fall, freedom from Adam. And even the garden of Eden and from the law So the saints stand and applaud His grace and glorious cause With hands raised, praising His name Singing glory to God
Well, that looks pretty good right there. I think people would, would be okay pulling off, and we do, because we agree some things are more beautiful than other things, and that is a pointer to God. Now, somebody might come along and make an argument against the beauty pointer to God. They would say, ah, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Now, that might be where you have some preferences, but nevertheless, if I gave you the option of buying a piece of art that had this, this is this is a garbage dump in Bombay that is just the, the, this, this disgusting mound of filth versus a, a deer galloping through the woods with the sun coming down in the horizon, painted red and yellow. Which one are you going to pick? That's it. That's your choice. That, that's, I think, with the exception of some people who come up with some sort of odd explanation, the vast majority of folks are going to go, okay, I'll take that one. Same thing is true with music. You know, I, I, I don't like that music. Isn't classical music beautiful? They go, no, man, I, I like hip-hop or rap or whatever the, what is the musical term these days, Joey, for the music that everybody seems to like? Do I look like I'm still young enough to know? I repent. Please forgive me <laughs> for my moment of delirium. They would go, I, I like this type of music. I, I, okay, I, I don't like this. Well, okay, here, here's, what, here's what your choice is. I'm going to give you a choice. You can listen in your earphones for the rest of your born days of Vivaldi or any other Baroque music, or you can listen to a ball peen hammer hitting a saw. Is anybody going to stop me soon? Stop. Oh, see, I'd let him go for a while. You didn't, you didn't need to yell at me. You, well, of course, okay, well, I guess I would take the Vivaldi. And you, you, that you've then shattered their argument that there isn't intrinsic beauty in some things versus others. You'd rather listen to a violin played well than you would a hammer banging against a saw. There's just something about it. What is it? Answer, God. It points to someone who is transcendent, someone who has attributes, and someone who is symmetrical and beautiful. And that is why some art is lovely, others are not, why some things are scenic, others are not, why some music is wonderful, and other music is from the 90s. Mm -hmm. There are just some things that are prettier than others, and the only explanation for it is not a random collision of molecules. It is because God exists. purple. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. Making professional videos is neither inexpensive nor easy, which is why go to wretched.org or also wretched on YouTube, W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D. And thanks for listening to tutorial. Next one I got for you. This is Shadow with Immutable. Lord, I 
I'm writing this to you I really hope you hear my heart When thinking about describing you I really don't know where to start Can't start at the beginning Cause you are before the beginning Way before the beginning And this fallen world's distorted opinions It was just the holy trinity Ruling from infinity Glory blazed tremendously Loving one another endlessly Billions and billions of years ago Outside of what we know as time Nobody else was there to know But Lord, here's the thing that blows my mind As long ago as that was Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, 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 as long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed, what can that mean, but my God is immutable, immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the Not just because of what you do, but simply because of who you are There's none like you in existence, you are God and you need no assistance Even though we show you resistance, you sent Jesus to close the distance That existed between God and man, according to your sovereign plan We changed many times in one lifespan, I've changed even since this song began Lord, I'm so glad that you're not like us, all that you do will certainly last You are the rock that we can trust, shows us back in eternity past As long ago as that was, as long ago as that was have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, 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 as long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed, what can that mean, but my God is immutable, immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the same, immutable, All of my inconsistencies, all of my idiosyncrasies Still you pursue relentlessly At times I wonder how this can be Surely it's because of the cross Where Jesus paid the full penalty And bore the burden of sin's great cost I'm saved by grace and faith in God I look to Christ and I trust He died So even though I'm being sanctified I can't be any more justified His work is finished that cannot change And with this knowledge I am free Forever this grace it will remain Because of what happened on Calvary As long ago as that was Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed. What can that mean, but my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the same. Immutable, beautiful, you never change, never change, forever you reign, you remain the same, you will never change, you will never change, immutable, beautiful, you never change, never change.
going to go back to 2001 to a little church in Nottingham, England, where we find you, Ray, uh, doing a little bit of a kind of a slapstick type thing in front of a church. Well, it was a, it was a conference. Yeah, it was a conference. Yes. Uh, mocking the theory of evolution, you used the Coke can, and you used a banana. Nobody knows what caused the Big Bang. It just happened. From the Big Bang, you this huge rock. On top of the rock, is found a sweet, deadly substance. Now, the millions of years aluminum crept up the side and turned itself into a can, a milk, and then a pot. And then millions of years later, we paint. Right then, just a little bit of wind and fell from the sky and turned itself in the words of Coca-Cola. Twelve fluid ounces. Do not want one. And nobody do me insulting my intellect. And so I can. You know what the Coca-Cola is made? There must be a maker. If it's designed, there must be a designer. Behold, the atheist's nightmare. <laughs>
So, Sam, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart. And that's only four of the Ten Commandments. Exactly, so, yeah. if God judges you by those commandments on Judgment Day, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I think I'd be guilty. I know that. I take ownership of that. I know, yeah. You're when, you give, when you give your life to Christ and you give your life to, to, to I guess, and I mean, it depends on what you follow. I'm not going to just box in the Christianity, but when you give your life to Christ, then you really start to live your life uh, in in a humble way. I have family members who've done so and have had to go through sin to, to reach that point. Um, you know, I think one day I'll probably find Christ and who knows in what form and how it's going to happen. But this is going to speed it up a little. It's like a man on the edge of a plane going to jump 10,000 feet. He says to me, one day I'll put a parachute on. <laughs> if you're guilty on Judgment Day, will you go to heaven or hell? I think I'll go to hell. Um, I do I believe that I'm a bad person? No, but that's not what you're asking me. Yes, it is, because it's revealing to me that you think a lying thief is a good person, which shows your standard is a little low. When it comes to morality, God is extremely high. Do you know the Bible says we're enemies of God in our mind through wicked works, and there's no greater evidence of that than that we use his name as a cuss word. Would you use another's name as a cuss word? No, no. Jesus of Nazareth was without sin, and he gave his life on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. Now, you probably know that, but you may not have heard this aspect. The Ten Commandments are called the Moral Law. You and I broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that. That's what happened 2,000 years ago. On the cross, he cried out just as he died, it is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. If you're in court and someone pays the fine, even if you're guilty, the judge can let you go. He can say, Sam's guilty, but someone's paid his fine. He can go. You know, I had an experience with time where my, my uncle, he's a, he's a prevalent youth pastor, and he asked me when I was young, you know, if I wanted to be reborn and asked if I took the Jesus, you know, uh, into my heart. And I remember as a young as a young soul, I took that and gave me my own Bible and then had me read, you know, and, and it had me kind of just live that life for some time. And I remember one of the biggest moments in my life where I paid is I remember my, my mother... Uh, um, had sexual relations with a man that was, she wasn't married with, and it kind of broke my heart. It's just experimentally asking Jesus into your heart because he can be a good friend. And when the hormones kick in and you notice that <laughs> <laughs> the girls are a better shape than Noah's Ark, off you go. And so what we're talking about today is genuine conversion because the Bible speaks of a false conversion. God is rich in mercy, provided a Savior, and because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, you can have your sins forgiven, your case can be dismissed, God can commit your death sentence in an instant if you repent and trust Christ. Now, there's one thing to stop you doing that. You know what it is? It's your love for sin. Ah, uh, Most guys say, yeah, that sounds really good, but I'm having sex with my girlfriend, and I'm looking at pornography, and I don't want to give it up. And we're being real honest. Yeah. The Bible says we love darkness rather than light, because our deeds are evil, and neither will become to the light, least our deeds be exposed. But, Sam, the miracle is that when you're born again, God, God gives you a new heart with new desires, so you'll love that which is right. And that's a miracle. So, if you repent and trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord today, God will forgive your sins and grant you the gift of everlasting life. And Sam, I don't, I don't know you, but I love you, I care about you, and it horrifies me the thought that in the next 24 hours you could have a car crash, have an aneurysm in your sleep, and I want you to be saved. So please think about this and don't put it off till tomorrow. You'd be like a rich man who fell into the ocean wearing a money belt weighing 40 pounds. He wouldn't take it off and it took him to his death. He drowned. That's what sin will do to you. So you're saying one day... One day I'll get right with God. You know what that's called? 
procrastination. Yeah, and the, and the road to hell is paved with procrastinators. So really quick, if you're enjoying this video, please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post two new encouraging videos every single day. We also have many more resources available on livingwaters.com. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for going around and doing this for people and putting them on the spot like that. Um, I'm like, again, like this when we first started our, our interaction here. I respectfully decline at the moment. And I love Jesus as well. And I hope he still loves me. I know he will. Just as I finished talking to my inoculated friend, I turned around to see a man sitting in a car with a driver window down about 15 feet from our conversation. And I approached him, found out that he wasn't a Christian, and that he had listened to every word. Maybe something else was going on that day. Unseen things above 